It's another episode of the Dave Stockbridge's Real Estate Experience. Welcome to the Dave Stockbridge Podcast. My name's Dave Stockbridge and every week I aim to bring you some news uh, that's relevant to our northern community, uh, whether that be in terms of how the real estate market's going, what the major projects uh, that are taking place are, what the big events that are coming up might be. Um, but also discussing uh, the big issues with the influences of our community. And today joining me is Matthew Norris. Matthew, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Matt Matthew's a candidate for uh, the mayoral um, race in the city of Salisbury in the 2018 council elections. Matthew, um, you're 25 years old. Yeah. And uh, one of the youngest mayoral candidates uh, out there in South Australia at the moment. Yeah. Um, can you perhaps share with us why it is that you've decided to serve, or what caused you to serve our community? Well, uh, initially, I um, was actually campaigning to run for Hills Ward in the Salisbury City Council, um, and I, I felt like um, that that area really needed a voice. Um, just just looking around, it was very. Uh, you know, compare it to Mawson Lakes, it just looked old and tired, nothing was really being done around there, it just looked like it didn't have a voice. Um, so I decided that I'm going to be that voice and I'm going to try and run and represent the area. Um, but long story short, I'm now running for Mayor. Um, and, and the reason why is because with the, with the councillor um, position, I don't think I could put all my time towards it, but if I get in as Mayor, um, I can dedicate my full time to that. Um, and I didn't want to get elected and do half a job. I wanted to get in there and do the job properly. Um, so I thought running for mayor is the best way to do that. Okay, yeah. fantastic. So, um, and it, when you're t- thinking about becoming mayor, there, would it, were there any issues that arose or things that you wanted to fix or changes you wanted to be a part of um, that came to mind as you're thinking, well, the best way for me to serve is to be mayor? Yeah, so I think... Um, it was really the call of, of just speaking with a lot of residents as I was campaigning during Hills Ward. A lot of them had felt that their voices had been lost, um, you know, that the council no longer really represented them or really cared about what they were doing uh, or what, what the residents wanted or, you know, what they wanted the council to do. Um, and I think, you know, that's kind of what, what pushed me towards, I mean, because I obviously live in the council area, I've got family that lives in the council area, friends that live in the council area. Um, and I thought, well, if, if the people aren't feeling representable, maybe I can be that person to represent them. So, so why weren't they feeling represented? What, what were some of the things that they were seeing around them or hearing that made them feel that way? Well, a lot, a lot of it, um, especially uh, in the, the Parra Hills, kind of Hillsward area, um, was just like the simple stuff, like mowing the verges on time. Like they always seem to get there two weeks late. Um, you know, the, the, these curbs are crumbling and all that sort of thing. Um, they got a new hub built for them. Uh, which they were grateful for, but like everything around was still breaking down and falling apart. Um, and they thought that the council had the, pro- the priorities in the wrong area. Um, instead of building that, you know, spending $5 million on that hub, they could have spent $5 million and fixed some footpaths and gutters so you don't trip over when you go for a walk, especially the older people. Um, and stuff like, you know, having a, a proper proper lighting. Um, one of the people that I was speaking to, you know, she walks home from the shops and there's not, not even enough street lighting for her to even feel safe to walk home. Um, just simple stuff like that. The, I guess the last couple of weeks have been a real steep learning curve for you, having transitioned from yeah. uh, running your first um, campaign to be a, a ward councillor to then pivoting and going for the top prize, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, how are you dealing with that pressure? What have you noticed that's different? Um, how are you feeling about that? It's, um, it's a bit of pressure. Like, um, most things are water off a duck's back for me. Like, you know, I've, I've been called this and that and everything else. You know, you... you Already? Or yeah, because people just... Some, I mean, you're always going to get people that don't agree with you, no matter what you can do. Even if you said, I'm going to completely abolish council rates and there'll never be council rates... Guaranteed there'll still be someone that whinges about yeah, yeah. me doing that. So I'm, I know that I'm never going to please everyone, but at least if I could represent the majority, then I think I'm doing something right. Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, it's definitely been, like you said, a big, deep, steep learning curve. Um, and I think I, feel, I actually feel better running for mayor because um, instead of focusing on um, just issues to help one area, I can actually help a lot more people. Yeah. Um, and, and represent more people and fix a lot more things than just in a little area. Yeah. And since you've announced that you're running, what, what's been the response of people? Has is it, is it been encouraging? Has it been indifferent? What, what has been the response, uh, do you feel? Uh, well, from what I've heard and, and what's been told, I've had a really good response, mm-hmm. um, something I didn't expect. Um, a lot of people and, and more people than I ever expected were really disappointed when I wasn't running for like the councillor position anymore. Um, but it's been great. Like so many people said, oh, it's such good to see you know the, a young person running for mayor. It's good to see a young person like a a, a, a choice, an actual alternative choice. Um, and that goes back to you know more of the same or a new era. And that's where I've come up with my era of a, a new era for Salisbury as my kind of my slogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what are some of the key themes attached to that slogan? You talk of a new era. Uh, what would be part of a Matthew Norris era? Yeah. So I think it's. Um, the whole thing of giving the power back to the people, getting the council back to basics, you know, rates, roads and rubbish. We need to really get back into that area and, and fix those things before we before we build on the foundations that are crumbling away. Like there's no point um, building a new hub if the whole area has footpaths that are falling away. Um, you know, the verges are, are, are a metre high, you know. Um, there's, there's no point spending money on a, on a new building if you can't fix the basics first. So for the benefit of those people that might not be quite as tuned in, you referred to the new hub, which is a, a $43.8 million development there overlooking Civic Square in the centre of Salisbury. Uh, that's uh, is claimed will activate that space. It, there's been a lot of controversy around that. What, what's been your uh, feedback uh, from people as you've been amongst the community with respect to that spend and its implications? Uh, a, a lot of what I've heard is that like people didn't even hear about it until it was announced that it was happening. Um, so I think whatever consultation was done probably wasn't enough because people didn't hear about that it was happening until you know it was on the news this is what we're doing, you know. Um, a lot of people, and uh, same as me, are kind of disgusted that that amount of money is going to go on one building where there's a whole bunch of issues that that money could have been spent on. Um, instead of building that one hub in that one centre, you know, you could spread that money across the whole council area and deliver much more of a benefit, fix all these footpaths, get the whole area back on track. Um, you know, it might cost the same or maybe a bit more, but at least it's going to be beneficial to more people. Um, you know, like people in Walkley Heights or the far northern area of the council area aren't going to really get any benefit out of that hub. Um, they're not going to go there just to sit in a, in a council building. It's not an attractive way of activating a space, I think. So for those people that are perhaps frustrated that this has gone ahead and perhaps weren't aware of it until it was announced and, and it was happening, um, for the benefit of those people, it is now 
it is happening, it's being constructed. Um, what's the feedback in terms of what should be done with that space now that it's, a, I guess, a Fatican plea and we are going to have it? Um, what do you think are the opportunities there? What do you think the community wants from that? And what do you think is the uh, potential then for s the city of Salisbury after its construction? Yeah, so I've had a lot of people ask me what I think of the hub. Um, and a lot of people have said, you know, well, it's obvious you can't do anything about it being built now. Um, but, you know, at least we can maybe give the, op the, the community an opportunity to have a vote in what they want to be doing, like what they want in that hub. Um, there's obviously the library and then a certain set of community space and there was meant to be a cafe put downstairs. But, I mean, would it work better as, a, as an open plan working area that people can go there um, and they can pay, you know, say $20 for the day, they get a desk and some Wi-Fi to use, um, you know, maybe they're trying to start their own business. I think that would be a much more beneficial way than adding another cafe because there's already some awesome cafes in John Street. Um, so why put another one there that's not going to really add anything to the area? Um, you know, you could really activate that space by making it a multi, uh, a multifunctional workspace that can also maybe be um, all shifted to the side if there's an event there or something like that instead of just plonking a cafe in there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's going to take away from a lot of local businesses too. Um, this week there was a forum in at St John's uh, Church that you were a part of. Yep. Um, it's sad to see that there weren't um, the other mayoral candidates there apart from Damien Pilkington, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, very broadly represented with um, other candidates from Many almost all of the all of yeah. the candidates from the wards. Um, so it was a fantastic forum for those people that were seeking to get an insight into the thinking of those people that seek to represent our community. Um, I guess a good opportunity to plug the event that's on the 11th of October, which yeah. um, you'll also be appearing yeah, at, I definitely. believe. Yeah. Um, and that'll also be at St John's. That one will be uh, in the evening on the 11th, which is Thursday the 11th of October uh, from 7pm until as long as it goes for. We really want to make sure that everybody in the community gets uh, their opportunity to question and cross-examine those people that seek to represent um, the uh, city of Salisbury uh, for the next four years. Um, but in that forum, it, it was uh, the, it was very Salisbury-centric because it was organised by the Salisbury Business Association. Well, Salisbury City Centre. Yeah, and um, so there, there's the community hub does um, do one thing, and that is uh, give, um, I guess, some inspiration to perhaps private developers uh, with its four-storey construction. Um, now with John Street being approved for six-storey construction um, and four storeys in the back streets, so I, I understand that there's now um, several parties looking to uh, to, to build there. Um, what what do you, as part of your thinking, as you were uh, talking with um, the community on Wednesday morning, what are, what are your kind of thoughts about uh, the potential and possibility of Salisbury? Yeah, well, um, in the coming years. There, there were a few a few things that I went through um, at, at my speech, I guess you could say. Um, so. The, the, the hub itself is, is definitely not the be-all and end-all of, of what's going to happen in that city centre. I think there's more to that. Um, people need, like, I think also the council needs to realise, like, just spending money on one building is not going to make people magnetise that area. Um, you really need to beautify John Street again, make it look a bit more modern, like all the pavers and everything, it just looks really outdated. If you compare it to, like, a Ronda Mall or a Chetty Road, um, I know on the weekend that if I had to pick between John Street or Ronda Mall, um, people are likely, more likely to pick Rondon Mall because it's new, it's fresh, there's things to do there, there's reasons to go there. Um, at the moment with John Street, there's shops and that, but there's no, there's, it's like you don't go there for a day out. 
Like mm. if you go to Rondemore, you go there for a day out because there's lots of different things you can do in and around the area. Mm. Yeah. So is part of the solution then creating uh, more things that attract more people or, uh, and what do those things look So it's a beautification, is it art, is it um, streetscaping, um, is it all of those things? I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's a combination of all of them. Um, definitely, um, we need to make John's like we need to make the Salisbury City Centre a destination city, somewhere where a family goes. Well, we're going to go out for the day, and if we go to John Street, we can do this, 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 and this. Um, there's the movies there, which is good, but that's just the movies. Like there needs to be something else to maybe do during the day before you go to a movie at night. Um, so th- there needs to be you know a reason for families to want to go there. And what role do you think council should play in that? Is it guidance with uh, planning or is it uh, funding it, is it looking at joint ventures how, how would you see uh, the council go about perhaps creating that, that space or activating uh, some part of Salisbury with some kind of activity or attraction? I, I think it's probably a combination of all of that especially um, and, and maybe also just to collaborate with the businesses and find out what's important to them, what they want and then to build on that. Um, there seems to be, just from my experience with helping out with a few events, a, a culture of no, like you sort of ask something of the council and it's just kind of no with no real explanation. I think council need to open up a bit more and start exploring things. Instead of saying no, we'll say, well, okay, that particular idea might not work, but what can we do to make it work? Or if we can't make it work, is there something else we can try? Mm. Um, and that's why I think there's a big difference between the Salisbury Council and the Playford Council. Um, I had a really good chat with Glenn Doherty on Monday night at the new Tango opening um, and, and some of his vision, visions and things that are already happening up there are, are amazing. Um, and it it's definitely shows us what, what the potential could be if you know council invests properly in infrastructure rather than just one fancy building. Well, it serves as an interesting discussion because it is something that we, we have these uh, two adjoining council areas with certainly different approaches uh, to uh, servicing the future needs of their community. Um, Playford's obviously on that construction boom uh, in the post-Holden era. Salisbury has the hub, but not much else in terms of um, council-instigated projects, you would say. Um, so certainly to start contrast, uh, to contrasting um, philosophies there, where do you see perhaps the future? Um. So, well, something that um, Glenn said to me on Monday night really kind of stuck with me. Um, and, and what he said was true is that uh, instead of um, everyone sort of just focusing on, well, this is Salisbury Council area and, and this is our area, um, and, and Glenn said, instead of trying to get a bigger slice of the pie for a council area, how about growing the whole pie? So making it better for everyone instead of just dividing up and wanting a bigger piece for yourself. Mm. Um, I think that was really good. Like, that's, yeah, that was really good. Mm. So it seems that Glenn Doherty is looking at a collaborative approach with the neighbouring council and no doubt there's some kind of relationship there but um, is that something you feel would uh, grow more strongly in a, in a Matthew Norris mayoralship? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, we need, um, and, and even our council award, award leaders now, we need new people to really bring this council into the next generation. Now, a lot of people have been there for a lot of time. They've got very comfortable and ingrained into what they are, what their visions are. And, and sometimes a vision of someone who's been in a position for 20 years is very different to someone who's never been in council 
and might be 20 years younger, mm. um, the visions there, are, 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 I would say, completely different. Okay. So um, there's four mayoral candidates um, this uh, election cycle. Yeah. Um, Damien Pilkington has uh, been a councillor of some 20 or so years. Gillian yeah. um, Aldridge is the incumbent, has been mayor for 10 years. And, and then in council for about 30. Uh, in total, yeah. which is a, a tremendous period of time. Uh, and, um, and an outlier, a gentleman, uh, Teddy Watson, who ran last year, uh, oh, sorry, last uh, um, election in 2014 yeah. uh, against the incumbent Gillian Aldridge and uh, lost on that occasion. Um, amongst uh, those candidates, who, who do you feel is the, the greatest uh, challenge uh, or challenger um, and um, uh, who's, the, who's the greatest impediment to you becoming mayor? I think um, probably Gillian. Why yeah. would that be? Um, well, she, she's obviously been mayor for a long time and has a lot of support. Um, but I think there's also, uh, she, she would be my main competition, I would say. Um, if you look at the, the facts from the, of the um, votes from the last election, um, the Teddy Watson um, guy who ran against her got 40% of the vote. Um, but he didn't do anything, didn't do any campaign material or nothing. So obviously there's a, a, an amount of people out there that aren't satisfied with what's happening and where things are going at the moment. Um, so I think she's definitely the, the competition. Okay, and, um, and what, what are those things that contrast you to her? Well, I think I offer a much fresher and younger view. Um, and obviously I'm probably gonna be around for a lot longer as well. So, um, you know, if I, um, if, I, if I get in, well, you know, I can, I might be there for two or three terms depending on how things go, you know. Um, it's more of a long-term vision plan for Salisbury. Yeah. So, um, when, in terms of thinking about that long-term plan, are there three priorities or five priorities, or or, or is there just one one big um, idea that you have, or how 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 do you see the next four years um, shaping? And if you're fortunate enough to be elected and looking to the medium term now, um, how do things look in eight years' time in Salisbury as a result of your mayoralship? Yeah, so I think um, you know the first year or so will definitely be getting council back to those basics, um, changing the direction of where we're going now to focusing back on the residents, what we can do for them, um, making their lives easier and better, not leaving anyone behind. Um, that's what I see the first year or so. Um, and then from then on, building on what we've got, making everything better, um, reviewing services that we've currently got that might not be benefiting the community. Um, that money could be maybe spent uh, spent elsewhere or even um, put towards another service that is doing great things but is lacking on funding. Um, so I'm sure there's there's some services out there. And I, 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 would, um, I would like to see an independent review of everything that the council offers as, as services-wise to the community um, because I, I don't have all the answers, um, but I think if we have an independent review on, on everything, um, then at least we can kind of see where we're at and then go from there. So some rapid-fire questions for you. Um, are you for higher council rates? Are you for fixed uh, rates? Where, where do you stand on that issue? I, I think um, council rates should just stay at the rate of inflation. Okay. Um, I, I don't believe it should be raised anymore. Um, I think council already have a big enough budget um, to spend every year that maybe they should look at cost cutting and actually spending money more efficiently than just relying on residents to pay an extra 2 or 3% 
on top of what they're already paying per year. Okay. Yeah. Um, more debt, less debt. Um, I believe maybe a little bit more debt in the short term, but in the long term it will be beneficial. Okay. Um, would you uh, consider yourself to be a, 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 a mayoral candidate that's thinking about construction and expansion, or are you about retention and conservation? Um, well, I'd, I would say at the start, conservation, to try and get everything into order where it needs to be and then definitely to build on that afterwards. So establishing f strong foundations by the sounds of things. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, what's the biggest thing you've learned in your campaign so far? Um, you can't please everyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, these days in 2018, it's, it's very easy to offend someone without even saying something offensive. Mm. Um, I've really learned that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even just saying what my views are on a particular topic, like the the um, Park Terrace Railway crossing. Um, I got some messages about talking, you know, I've mentioned that, um, you know, we've had 16 years of previous government in power to kind of fix that, um, and it hasn't happened, you know, even though the, the Premier was the local MP for a long time, we had a prominent minister who was the local MP for a long time, and it's only now that they're in the opposition they're screaming about it. Mm. Um, so, yeah. That's that's been something very interesting. So, the, so uh, where, where have you got some pushback? There is that from um, elements within a particular political party, or, uh, is, or is I this... mean, you could say that. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, uh, and and um, and so that's interesting because now uh, I, I, you would say that previously you might have been uh, interested in the, in politics, but now you're very much in the thick of it. <laughs> um, and um, uh, and. Uh, 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 when you think about your um, uh, your time now, having run your campaign, um, what are uh, what's something that you that you're uh, more sure of now than when you started? This might be controversial, but the people that are in power, you think they know what they're doing, but a lot of them don't. Okay. Yeah, that's what I've learned. Um, the people you think that know, yeah, know what they're doing and how to control and move an area forward. Um, the more you listen and look and research and whatever, um, you find that that's not really the case. Um, and that's why I, I think it's, I mean, there's 41 candidates in this council election alone just in the city of Salisbury. Okay. Um, and I think that's great because we need new eyes. Like we need fresh eyes in not just the mayor, but everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need, we need people with a, with a, a new, more modern vision. Okay, so um, any uh, um, final thoughts um, or, or any, uh, your big pitch to, um, to those that are, uh, that are now, I guess, in the coming weeks getting their, their ballots in the post yeah. um, and looking to cast their vote? What would you say to those people? Um, well, this election is clearly a choice between more of the same or moving Salisbury into the new era. Um, and if you're on the train to head to the next station to the new era, you need to vote one Matthew Norris for Mayor. Fantastic, Matthew. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining me here. It was uh, great to uh, uh, to hear your thoughts on these issues. Of course, I, I enjoyed the luxury of working with you, and so uh, we, we get the opportunity to discuss some of these matters. So, uh, yeah, complete conflict of interest because I'm naturally in support of what you're doing and, um, and I guess, uh, having a close-up view of uh, your campaign so far in terms of um, the work that you've put in and uh, the effort that you've made to connect with the community and understand the issues has been... Yeah, truly extraordinary for um, not just for somebody of your age, but but for anybody. So um, I congratulate.
congratulate you on that and uh, wish you all the very best of uh, luck with the election. Well, thank you, Dave. Dave Stockbridge's Real Estate Experience Podcast is brought to you by the Influencers and Innovators Podcast, proudly supported by Matthew Norris Visual Productions. I'm Dave Stockbridge. Thanks so much for joining us once again, and we'll look forward to speaking with you next week.